0: Hey guys, it's John, and i got to tell you about one of the premier Bible colleges in the nation, and that's Lancaster Bible College Capital Seminary and Graduate School. If you are looking to fulfill your calling, they're going to get it done for you. They offer degrees in ministry, Bible, divinity, leadership, counseling, business, and more, taught by caring professors who are invested in in you regardless if you're considering a bachelor's seminary or graduate degree lbc capitals washington dc location may be your perfect fit their faculty and staff are dedicated to working around your busy schedule with evening and online classes Lancaster Bible College educates Christian students to think and live a biblical worldview and to proclaim Christ by serving him in the church and society. Connect with LBC Capital Washington, D.C. today at lbc.edu slash dc. That's lbc.edu slash dc. Or just click the link in the episode notes. A Brighter Media Group original. Hey guys, welcome to the Versed Podcast, a daily pursuit to become more perceptive to what the Bible says. And today we're going to be reading a selection of verses from John 4, really the story of the Samaritan woman. Let's dive into it. I can't lie to you guys. Whenever I hear someone say, We just need to love people like Jesus did. I get kind of annoyed, not because I'm against that idea, because more likely than not, it's generally used as a sentiment, sentiment, one that tends to be unbiblical, actually, almost like it's used to avoid hard issues. We should love people like Jesus did usually means be nice and don't ruffle any feathers. Don't be controversial. The real Jesus we meet in the Gospels loved people in a much better way, (laughs) deeper, richer, much more controversial, much more confrontational. And today's passage is a great example of how Jesus loved people and teaches us much about how we can love them. Like every episode, we're going to look at context, historical context, cultural context, and um, even uh, some biblical context as well. We're looking at the Jewish people and the Samaritans uh, today specifically, and um, maybe you've heard about them before. Maybe you haven't. Just know this, centuries of bitterness and disagreement divided the Jewish people and the Samaritans, even though they lived near one another, even though they shared a common heritage The Samaritans were also Hebrew people, but their ancestors intermarried with the Assyrians, a pagan nation, an empty nation they were referred to, Uh, and they had developed a different culture, a different place of worship. No Jewish man would have lowered himself to interact with a Samaritan, much less a Samaritan woman. Jewish culture dictated a strict social division between men and women who were not married or close relatives. So this makes Jesus's choice to engage with a Samaritan woman surprising. But there's more to it than just this Jewish Samaritan division. This woman who Jesus interacts with had been married five times and was living with a man who was not her husband in a very conservative and traditional culture. Jesus, a Jewish rabbi, speaks to her with love and offers her salvation. And more than that, she is the first person Jesus reveals his identity to as the Messiah. It is one of the most beautiful passages of scripture. And we are going to read some selections from John 4 and this story today. So let's dive into it. We're reading John 4, starting at verse 6, and then we'll end around verse 30. So let's begin. Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, If you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. Those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water, then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, You're right, you don't have a husband, for you have had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you are living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Just then, his disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman, but none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her? Or why are you talking to her? The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone, Come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. So, based on this story, what does it mean to actually love like Jesus. Several things. Number one, Jesus loved by taking initiative. Jesus was tired from his journey, but he didn't use it as an excuse to avoid talking to this woman. Like we were saying, Jewish men didn't talk to Samaritan women, but Jesus used this cultural taboo as an opportunity to engage and not as an excuse to avoid. How often do we avoid difficult conversations out of tiredness. We don't feel like it. We're afraid. Maybe there's cultural differences. And number two, what does it mean to love like Jesus? Jesus loved by comforting. He didn't avoid the obvious and ugly reality of her past and her present need. He didn't minimize it. He didn't deflect. He spoke directly to the obvious need in her life. Are we willing to love people enough to ask hard questions in order to deal with real needs and not protect ourselves by not going there. Number three, Jesus loved by directing her to himself. Now, I'm not saying that we should be directing people to ourselves, but do we consistently point people to Jesus or do we stick to the practical or the superficial or the acceptable solutions people expect if we're not pointing people to Jesus while we are meeting the need, then we're not actually loving. What does it mean to actually love like Jesus? Number four, Jesus loved by inviting her to worship God. What's the final goal for people? Not knowledge of theology or even a right understanding of the gospel. It's worship. Worship is the goal. Number five, Jesus loved by allowing her to bring others to him. Are we looking for open doors to carry the grace of God, not only to individuals, but also through them to bigger groups of people? And lastly, how do we actually love like Jesus? Jesus loved by taking time out of his schedule. Jews did not like Samaritans, and I'm sure Jesus had other places to be and things to do. But he was delayed for two days inconvenienced by love so can we just love people like Jesus did I don't know Christ like love is inconvenient it's uncomfortable it tells the truth it crosses barriers it confronts sin it proclaims the gospel that's the kind of love it is it's not safe it's not easy nice And it's not going to win us applause from the world. Jesus was not liked by the people of Galilee for loving this woman and her village. But love is right and powerful and life-changing and God-honoring. And that's why Jesus was committed to a life of love. And that's why we should be, too. This story is a popular one, but always... uh, comforting to me in a way that it gives me a blueprint of how to actually love people well. And I hope that it is encouraging to you and gives you some practical ways to move forward today. We're going to take a minute or so to pray and to reflect and to meditate on that. You can do whatever you'd like with this time, but I do encourage you to take it, take the time out of your day um, to just be still and to do those things. And then I'll come back on the other side. Guys, thank you so much for listening to the Verse Podcast today. I'm so honored that you would take a couple minutes out of your day to uh, spend it here with me and the Verse Podcast. I am so humbled and um, just blown away by that, that you continue to listen. So thank you. Um, I've got all the resources I use to study the Bible and to put these podcasts together. They are linked in the show notes, so check those out. Uh, A link to my social media is there as well. Big things are coming as we close in on almost a year of doing the Versed podcast and over 200,000 downloads and counting. It's a beautiful thing at the time of recording. At least that's where we are at. If you wouldn't mind leaving a rating and a review on the podcast wherever you listen, that would be amazing. It helps more people discover it and builds context for them. Thank you so much, guys. I hope you can make hope louder today. We'll talk tomorrow. See you.